0: Guys, this is Doug Fletcher, and you're listening to "What's the Hazard?" And it is, interestingly enough, Friday the 13th, August 13th here in wow. Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, we were just surveying to see if anybody was a little bit stitious or uh, superstitious or whatever the case might be. <laughs> I, I probably have some superstitions, I suppose, or at least just habits that I've kind of created, but I have one, which is I shave off my mustache, everything goes wrong.: Is that true?: I'm serious. Twice in my life, I've shaved off my mustache
1: since since I was a freshman in high school. Every the two times I you could grow off a mustache, mustache in high school. Yeah, the first I'm impressed, first but... time I shaved it off, I got divorced from my first wife. Second time I shaved it off, I got divorced from my third wife. So
0: is that yeah. right?
1: Yeah. So so I just I've been married for twenty three years now to my wife now. And what I'm happened with the second off. wife? Uh, just that, well the third <laughs> wife actually. It's a long story.
0: Okay, man. <laughs> but, uh, well, that's, yeah. well okay okay. I, you know it's interesting you say that I. Actually, can't grow facial hair, so. <laughs> well, I can't grow it here. I mean, well, it grows, but it's not very. It's not like that. Oh, it's not like cams. Yeah, it's not like. Cams yeah, that's a full. That's a full yeah. go, man. That is full on beard. But, um, well, this is a podcast about workplace safety and health, so we'll head that direction. But. Um, you know, having said that, uh, there, there's just so much to talk about. We, we've only been friends for, it's. I was trying to figure this out this morning on the drive in, about five years yeah, about probably. Five years. Yeah, five I, years I, ago. I would swear I've known you longer than that. Yeah. You feel like a guy that I've known for a long time. Yeah, but yeah it's been,
1: yeah, l- at least five
0: years. We've been working together for about five years yeah. professionally. And um, you have a story about, you know, some of the things that you have done at your location. And, and uh, I'll introduce you formally here sure. in a minute. But one yeah. of the things that I've really, really desperately wanted to talk about on the podcast i think it's fascinating i think it is applicable to everybody uh everybody will will hear something today that i'm sure they will find valuable so i'm really looking forward to that but uh i I would be remiss not to thank my sponsors um so let's get that uh going first and foremost ccs group custom concrete specialists uh cheyenne wolford and his team um thank you very much cheyenne Fallowich Construction Services and my buddy, John Fallowich. Um, yeah, again, uh, thank you, John. I appreciate your support. And the Nebraska Department of Labor On-Site Consultation Group and my buddy, Jim Cover. All three of these guys are true believers in workplace safety and the value of that. And uh, they, they have um, been uh, invaluable in keeping this podcast rolling forward. And we and we have typically done a supporter spotlight as well. And normally I wait till the 15 minute mark, and Cam is over there waving his hands, and I'm just oblivious to that. So I thought we better do that first thing. Kristen um, Hodge of Henco. Uh, uh, Kristen is uh, all things orthopedic injury prevention. She has her own company, small business here in uh, in town. And this this is so interesting to me. But this morning. Um, I got up and did my morning routine stuff, and then I I try not to touch my phone for about an hour, but I picked my phone up. First thing I saw was a post from Kristen on LinkedIn. Uh, We are somehow actually connected through this network of LinkedIn stuff or whatever, and she posted something about um, discomfort. So she is kind of an ergonomist. She does stretching programs. She does those types of things, orthopedic injury things. And she did a survey with one of her clients on discomfort. And it was basically just an inquiry of, you know, how many times a week do you feel pain in your shoulders, in your hands, in your arms, what have you. And she was talking about early intervention, of course. That's what she does. She tries to prevent things from worsening. But she mentioned retention. And she said, one of the things that I find real value in doing this is that, you know, if you know, all of these early intervention strategies can lead to an improvement in in employee retention, which is exactly what we, we were intending to talk about today. My right. guest today is Gary Bradshaw. Um, your title is uh, safety technician, but right. man, you've done so much shit in your in your working life that that doesn't really a little bit that doesn't summarize it. When we've had this conversation, you have an incredible base of experience in the in the manufacturing world, in plant management, safety. You know, actually doing the work. You've actually done the work. It's remarkable. Your history is remarkable. But now you find yourself in this safety technician position with Aztec in- Industries. Right. Uh, and we have a mutual colleague. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to say friend and mutual <laughs> friend, probably. <laughs> yeah. Although he's yeah. kind of in your chain of command at this point. He's n- he's not in my chain of command, so I can call him a friend. Greg Oswald, right down in Chattanooga, who is uh, with Aztec. Um, And, uh, the story is, is fantastic to me, but it it is one of employee retention. And so I'm going to just, I'm going to just turn it over to you, man. How are, how are things going? And then just give us a general overview of your, this program that you've been involved in. And then maybe we can drill down into some of the details.
1: Sure. Yeah. And Greg, Greg is a friend. Uh, I mean, anybody that meets Greg, uh, you know, considers him a friend. I actually had, I actually had a new employee start, uh, this week that worked for him over at uh, Lindsay and, uh he considered him a friend oh, as well so so yeah Greg's it. so we're safe guy. saying that yeah yeah we're safe good that. good and he's probably he, he may be listening I don't know he's going <laughs> well, to listen later he, he will he, he will listen I he, know he's uh, a listener and I you appreciate know, that we, we've tried to plan this for a long time you've been uh asking me for over a year to to come on and and it's just been so busy with the changeovers and everything yeah. else that uh, I haven't been able to make it and then Greg kind of Persuaded me and a conversation <laughs> in front of the rest of the company yeah, that, uh, Hey, you should go, you know, get on Doug's uh, yeah, show as that, soon man. as possible.
0: So, yeah, so yeah. So, uh, well, so he, he, a little bit about, you know, how this even originated, uh, as far as this program, well, why, why did you even well, consider this? We, or why did it start? We,
1: we had, uh, like everybody else, uh, a, a pretty sizable turnover rate, uh, uh back in 2018, uh, it'd been going on for a number of years. And, uh, Uh, We were tasked uh, by the corporation that we uh, worked for then to try and come up with something better, as well as our general manager, Neil Smith, uh, uh, wanted HR and safety to come up with something that would, uh, uh, you know, retain employees once we got them. Um, And uh, through exit interviews and and things like that, we found that a lot of employees just didn't feel like they'd been trained uh, well enough during the time they were there. Uh, They uh, didn't really feel like they were part of a team. And as I started to tell you earlier, you know, I, when I write uh, things for the company, I do a safety toolbox talk every day for the company, and, and uh, we always use the term team members. I, I don't use the term employee ever. Uh, uh, we tend to use the term team member because we really want people to feel like they're a part of our team. And uh, so to increase uh, uh, retention, uh, we put together this program in 2018. It's called our buddy program. Uh, where we actually uh, assign a seasoned uh, member of our crew uh, to work for 12 weeks with the new hire, a new new team member. Um, And uh, it's not really a mentoring position. It's uh, more it, it deals with safety. Everything that I teach them in class for two and a half days, all the OSHA uh, Mm -hmm. uh, stuff that we have to teach. Your orientation stuff. Right. All the orientation and and, uh, our our personal safety uh, requirements that we have at at the company. uh, Everything that I go over in two and a half days. You know, none of us can retain that much information uh, from two and a half days of training. And so for uh, 12 weeks, we actually assign uh, one of our seasoned Members is their buddy, and that's what their job is, to go over that safety constantly. Uh, go around the plant and show them all the safety. Uh, you know, uh, they don't actually show them how to operate a plant or operate a, a machine or something like that. That's not their job. That's a mentor's job. Not to say that the buddy can't be a mentor, because in most cases, we do try to assign a buddy that's in the same department to the new team, new team member, so he can also be a mentor.
0: But they're not necessarily working uh, shoulder to shoulder either. No. No, Uh, the buddy actually
1: only spends about an hour to two hours a week uh, with his new new team member um, and uh, going over safety issues, safety uh, concerns that we have uh, and showing them, you know, proper PPE to wear, how to, uh, you know, knit points and and pinch points and Mm -hmm. where the fire extinguishers are and first aid departments and and uh, anything that deals with uh, with safety. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, but yeah, they don't normally work shoulder to shoulder, uh, unless of course he's also his mentor. And then for a few weeks, they, they probably will work, you know, okay. shoulder to shoulder. Mm-hmm. But, uh, the, the buddy's there also not, uh, so much to just teach the guy about safety, but he's there to have somebody to talk to, mm-hmm. uh, somebody to ask a question of it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a safety question. You know, he can, maybe he needs to answer a question about, uh, who do I go see if I want this done? Or, or you know, right. something like that and and that's gone a long ways. Uh, most of the new hires that I talk to I, I visit with them on a monthly basis and, and for the first four weeks, actually, on a weekly basis, uh, every week, I go out on the floor and talk to them and um, which
0: is actually part of this right. program I
1: right mean, that's- and they uh, they they constantly tell me that it's just nice to have somebody to to feel like they can you know talk to about about anything it just mm-hmm. it doesn't even have to be work related most of the time. I mean, it's uh, it's actually just makes them feel like they're part of our family. And that was the whole idea behind this was to bring somebody on board and make them feel like they were important to us. Right. To everybody in the entire company. Right. So, uh, And it started with their buddy. So, Mm -hmm. And, you know, we used to, before the whole – Covid nineteen, uh, we used to on uh, Monday morning their first day, I'd take all of them to lunch. I'd take the new hire and their buddy to lunch because there's a, uh, an, you know, old saying about breaking bread with somebody. You know, mm-hmm. draws you closer together, and and uh, uh, and so we'd go to lunch off campus. Actually, Neil Smith created that portion of the program. He said, I want you to take these guys off campus and uh, have lunch with them, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a talk about work. It can be. Just you know, getting to know each other. Uh, so, uh, but unfortunately, you know, COVID nineteen's put a damper on that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there's a number of other aspects uh, that are involved in the uh, the buddy system. Uh, uh, they do um, uh, have to sign off on a sign-off sheet weekly uh, with uh, different tasks that they've gone over. So there, there is a formal structure to there's this. You have a twelve week. 12 week formal program I, mm-hmm. I think I've showed you mm-hmm. actually when yeah you shared that with yeah, me yeah we, we've shared that before uh, uh, it's a booklet that uh, gets to the buddy and uh, it's got 12 weeks of, of uh, safety items in there that they need to go over mm-hmm. uh, they're required to complete four to five of those if they complete four to five of the items in the uh, book every week they'll finish in 10 weeks that gives them time to go back for a couple weeks and review things that mm-hmm. uh, you know they may have not covered like they want to cover. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, uh, they, they have to complete that book weekly. They turn a report into me weekly. Um, so then, the,
0: the, uh, the team member does, right. Uh, and it, the, is the buddy also r- giving you some feedback? The, the buddy signs off on everything as well. Okay. Um, but then also,
1: uh, every week our leads just to make sure that, uh, uh that, uh, you know, the buddies are performing as we want them to. Uh, the lead in that department meets with the buddy and the new team member and, um, and they go over the topics that they covered that week. And then for instance, like the first week, uh, it says, uh, uh, it's show them where the fire extinguishers are, show them where the first aid department is, show them where the cardboard recycling is, you know, it's things like that for the first week. And so that first week, the uh, uh, lead in that area might ask the guy, uh, uh, the new team member, Hey, uh, show uh, where, where's the fire extinguisher for our area. Uh, if he can't answer that, then he writes that down on a piece of paper and they all three sign it. And then the next week, not only do they learn the four or five topics that are go over the four mm-hmm. or five items that they go over in the book the next week, but they also revisit the fire extinguisher. Mm-hmm. The whole deal is that by the time the 12 weeks is up, there's no reason why they shouldn't know all of our safety rules right. and, uh, and, and be able to, to recite, you know, anything at any time yeah. uh, regarding our safety. Um, it's just a, an awareness program. A- everything that I teach in the first two and a half days has gone over in the next two, 12 weeks. Okay. I like that. So it's uh, just reinforcing everything that they've learned mm-hmm. uh, because that was one of our biggest uh, complaints was, you know, we used to only do training for one day. That's when I first started the, the training department there, uh, train for one day, Mondays. We do everything in one day. (laughs) (laughs) Everything that we do in two and a half days now was one day. Yeah, Um, on a Monday, no less. Yeah, first day of the
0: first day on the (laughs) on a Monday.
1: Yeah, and it wasn't even a full day because the new team members don't come in until an hour later after I get there. But uh, uh, you know, there's absolutely no way for anybody to retain that information. Uh, And so they'd get out on the floor, and inevitably they'd break one of the the cardinal safety rules that we had you know it was it was a fact all of us did mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. uh and uh and so they'd get spoken to about it and uh and guys felt like hey i didn't you know I, in fact i always heard the comment uh, uh i didn't know that or i wasn't told that and it was always i'd always go back to them and say well next time I'm just saying I, I didn't know that say I didn't remember that because that's actually what it was mm-hmm, right <laughs> which I which I don't you which know, is perfectly legitimate yeah, it's yeah it's, perfectly I mean, it's legitimate. highly
0: likely actually but
1: yeah so nonetheless yeah so uh so now with this program you know it's uh I reiterated and then again uh, the lead um uh in their department uh goes over that with them on a weekly basis mm-hmm. and they all three sign a form saying that they've they they've understand they understand everything they've learned that week and then monthly our uh, our foreman our shop foreman who are in charge of the leads uh, they actually will call the new team member into the office or stop by and visit with them and they'll ask them questions of what they've done that mm-hmm. month and if they don't know then they go to the lead and say wait a minute you guys all signed this piece of paper mm-hmm. you said he does not yeah. he doesn't know it it's holding them accountable yeah yeah, so uh, we wanted to put those steps in place so that we mm-hmm. made sure everybody just wasn't pencil whipping anything. Right. You know, unfortunately, that's tends to be a, you know
0: the just, way things. We get we done. think it's a cost savings yeah. or a time savings or something to do that, but right, you're but, losing. But the whole uh, the 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 thing that came out of
1: this program is that uh, the new team member feels like they are mm-hmm. part of our team. They 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 actually believe us when we say safety first, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, that's the first thing I tell them when they come into training is this company, um, and it's even more so now with Aztec, uh, that, uh, safety is our number one concern of all of our team members. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we show that through this program mm-hmm. that this, uh, this is all uh, safety's. Uh, everything else stops. If safety goes red. Mm-hmm.
0: That's just yeah, I mean, it. obviously, you intend to get product out the door. That's what keeps the money flowing, keeps the doors open. But if something is putting somebody at risk or there's a hazard that hasn't been, you know, that is something that is going to actually yeah. maybe and, and, temporarily stop that process. Yeah, and through this program, they feel empowered uh, mm-hmm. to
1: to even as a guy that's been there one day, they feel empowered to step up and say, mm-hmm. hey,
0: this doesn't look right to me. It looks unsafe which is kind of a what trust issue that that psychological trust. I'm right. not going to take a beating if I bring something up or if I question something. So, so over the course of this 12 weeks, they're meeting with this this new team member is meeting with you, is meeting with their their buddy, mm-hmm. is meeting with the lead periodically, is meeting with the foreman. Um, so they I mean so if nothing else, they've gotten quite a bit of exposure to at least four or five other team members right. and, and in the management chain. Uh, and, and also to add to that, um, once we get
1: through COVID and the restrictions, uh, we also used to have a monthly, uh, I'd bring all the buddies and all of the new hires uh, into uh, a pizza lunch. Once and, a month. Uh, yeah, once a month and uh, for three months and uh, during that 12 weeks. And then our GM, uh, Neil uh, Smith, mm-hmm. and uh, our plant manager, Gary Stillman uh, would come in to the meeting as well. And, and most of the time our HR, uh, manager would come in as well. Mm-hmm. And we would actually sit and ask, okay, tell us what we're doing wrong. Uh, tell us what you don't like about the program. Tell us what you do like about the program. And we'd have an hour, hour and a half lunch and discuss those issues. And, um, uh, then I went back to the drawing board and, and I changed things. In fact, right now, I'm actually wor- working the program to where we individualize, uh, the training, uh, to a specific task. So if you're a fab tech, that 12 weeks of programming or 12 weeks of, uh, of, uh, of, uh, safety with your buddy is going to be deal only with your task. Okay. Uh, because right sure. now I've got a generic book that covers everybody, mm-hmm. uh, but we want to make it more task oriented. Very cool. Yeah. So, and that, that came from those meetings, you know, they were like, well, you know, some of the things in the book we don't really do. So, mm-hmm. you know, why should a painter have to know how to set, you know, or how to correctly shut off oxygen and acetylene bottles, Sure, you know, stuff like that. Sure. So, Interesting. That's so fantastic, yeah. man. So, so, yeah, we,
0: so how do you, how do you select buddies? Do they volunteer
1: but, or? Yeah. It's uh, strictly volunteer, uh, but the vo- buddy actually has to fill in an application And uh, that application has questions on it, like, uh, why do you want to be a buddy? Mm -hmm. List uh, three things that are positive about yourself that you believe Mm -hmm. are positive about yourself. And then uh, not only does their foreman and their lead have to sign off on that application, say, yeah, I think they'd make a good buddy, uh, but also the plant manager, uh, Gary Stillman, signs off, Mm -hmm. um, and then HR, uh, uh, she interviews them, uh, spends 5-10 minutes with them, and then uh, myself, Mm -hmm. And all of us have to sign the form saying, yes, this guy would make a good buddy. Uh, We look for attitude more so. You've got to be at least six months on the the job. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, attitude is probably the the most important feature that we look at. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, you don't want somebody who's... Always upset about the company, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right? bringing yeah. in your new guys. Well, yeah, and, I mean, absolutely you know, not. them. So, so you want those guys that are positive, absolutely, and uh, have positive attitudes when they get there, and and uh, and that's who, who we look for. Um, they are uh, monetarily, uh, or, or uh, you know, they are given a bonus after if they complete the program. Nice. They are given a bonus, and so is the lead. Uh, the lead actually receives the bonus as well. So if this employee so, makes
0: it through the program, or this twelve uh, weeks, this team member, yes, makes it through that twelve week program, and we're extremely strict on that twelve weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. We've actually
1: had guys that had made it to half a day away from being finished. Oh and, no, and left, and and uh, the team members that are volunteered as buddies, they know that they know that you know we can't, uh, we yeah, you know, and and it's. Uh, 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 you know, it's it's hard when you spend 12 weeks with yeah. a guy, you know, and then yeah. he walks out the door the last day. Uh, but uh, that that's, luckily it doesn't happen very often. Sure, I'll know, bet. the program does uh, tend to keep people. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't, uh, you know, and like I said earlier, in, in today's market, I can't necessarily say that it's. Uh, we're going through the same problems as everybody yeah. else with their attention. Yeah. I think it does help, though. Uh, the feedback that I get from our new hires, or new team members, is is always positive uh, mm-hmm. for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we uh, we had, when we first started the program, we had an issue where uh, a couple of the guys brought up in our pizza lunch that, you know, their buddy wasn't there that day. And so they went and asked somebody else. And that guy said, I'm not your buddy.
0: <laughs>
1: you know, and uh, and, yeah. and we kind of thought that might happen yeah. in, in the beginning, and it did. But we put an end to it immediately as soon as we mm-hmm. found out about it. Neil Smith actually had a uh, visit with the entire company and said, mm-hmm. "Look, that's not our culture here. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you're the guy's buddy or not. If you're getting." Uh, a bonus or not? Uh, mm-hmm. We answer everybody's all the sure. team members' questions, and and we never treat a new team member like that. Yeah, and, and it actually ended uh, immediately. Immediately, we never heard it again. Yeah, so
0: so yeah, interesting. Uh, man. Yeah, <laughs> well, so yeah. <clears throat> how long do you need to have somebody? I mean, in your experience, how long does somebody need to be on board before they, you know? And it's obviously going to be different for you guys because you're going to these lengths to integrate them into the community, but if they make it for a couple of weeks, do they typically make it, or...? Yeah, I... I is it, because yeah. talk a little bit about the work that you do. We didn't really describe we, what you do. It's it's fairly... We're, we're a
1: manufacturer... Labor-intensive uh, yeah, work. Yeah, we're a manufacturer of large uh, cement uh, batch plants, mm-hmm. um, and for those that uh, uh, don't know what that is, it's basically... Uh, uh, what makes the cement for the cement trucks, mm-hmm. um, the, to put it in layman's terms, but they're not small uh, pieces of equipment. They're right. uh, pretty large. I mean...
0: Everyone's uh, seen one and may not even realize yeah. it. Yeah. They're,
1: in fact, they're out off 144th and uh, Dodge out there in the That new uh, area they're developing Mm -hmm. out there, one of our customers has one set up there. You can drive down 144th and see it.
0: I I went out there and did some noise monitoring out there a a year or so ago, man. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's it's sitting
1: out there, and uh, I actually uh, built doggers on that plant. Yeah, Yeah, it's really really (laughs) fantastic. I started off in the company as a fab tech and uh, in plant uh, assembly, they call it, and, and I moved through through different uh, areas and became the uh, safety committee lead out there and mm-hmm. and uh, and then moved uh, into training and I've got a lot of experience training as you know I mm-hmm. taught school for seven years and and uh, I've been welding since 1974 so yeah so
0: yeah well I'd love to learn things. something about welding man I mean and uh, yeah you would be a good teacher I'll bet well we're we're actually uh, we we do pulse meg out there
1: yeah uh, it's a uh, that's our primary welding mm-hmm. source. Uh, we were one of the first companies in the state of Nebraska to go to Pulse MIG. It's uh, uh, less uh, smoke, less uh, emissions, mm-hmm. less spatter, uh, mm-hmm. less cleanup. Uh, it's really, uh, uh, you know, even uh, with, uh, I would, well, you with IH, you did mm-hmm. most of our IH Yeah, You have done a lot and, of the
0: sampling out there, yeah. yeah and
1: you know that uh, because of the... It's very clean. Yeah, because of the uh, Pulse, that's, that's because of the Pulse welding. When you're mm-hmm. doing regular MIG, it's uh, a lot more smoke, a lot more... Uh, uh, things being given off by the weld itself so right so yeah right. and uh, a lot of changes since you were out there last have there been yeah a lot of changes it's good it's uh, uh not very much dirt out there anymore it's almost all paved we're putting in nice. a, a large uh, crane outside uh, 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 overhead
0: crane to load trucks oh yeah very good and because uh, these are big yes, stations man these are very, big very, products very big. These are not what we would call widgets. No. (laughs) No.
1: Although we do have a small parts department, although I always tell everybody, you know, small parts departments, not necessarily small parts. Right. uh, It's not what you would think a small part would be. Right. For
0: us, it's a pretty small part. But But uh, not nuts and bolts or. No, no. Yeah, man, they are. Some of them are enormous and they're all over the world. I mean, you guys sell these things all over the world. Yep all over the world it's really cool yeah it's uh it's really uh and and,
1: uh we're considered to be the number one uh cement batch plant manufacturer in the in the world actually uh that's uh uh uh, a great title that we've had mm-hmm. we, we've got competitors out there but we tend to build a, a super high quality
0: product and mm-hmm. so this and is in and, blair uh, so it's yes. blair aztec now yes it's uh, blair aztec or but, aztec blair but the but the uh, product will still be known as conoco conoco right okay right.
1: and uh, then we have our second plant over in iowa uh, that's our sister company that we use a manco over there oh yeah uh, yeah we've we've uh, uh, Conoco has owned them since 1994, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, uh, we've got uh, a small facility over there, about uh, 80 miles from from Blair, mm-hmm. uh, you know, halfway between here and Des Moines, that uh, that manufactures uh, goods for us as well, silos and stuff like that. So yeah,
0: so the so the program again, this uh, the buddy program, mm-hmm. I was really. Taken by when we first started talking about this, because everybody struggles with retention. Right. And probably for the same reasons, truthfully. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I kind of equate this to, you know, when you go to a new church and you walk in there and, every, and you know, nobody comes up to you, nobody approaches you, nobody says right. hello. And you just feel isolated and. Um, and you probably don't go back. And you probably don't go back. Yeah. You know, and it's it's very much like that and uh which is why I probably don't go to church today, and maybe I shouldn't admit to that necessarily. You know, but I've had that experience and um I think everyone has probably to some degree. Yeah. And you go into a workplace where there's big scary stuff going on and you feel, you know, that isolation or whatever that is, yeah, well, uh, it's no surprise to me that people don't come back.
1: Yeah, and and you know, when I started uh there, it was kinda like uh you went through training and then you were on the floor, and here's a blueprint. Go build it. Build it. And uh, you had a buddy, but you very seldom saw him. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. It, uh, We didn't have a formal buddy system right. set up at that time. Right. Uh, and, yeah, you, it can be intimidating to walk out there and, and just be given a job mm-hmm. to do and, and not really know what you're doing or where to even go look for, for right. what you need to do. To that, that's the interesting part. Yeah, and, and so that's what the buddy does. The buddy's mm-hmm. there to help you. Uh, find your way mm-hmm. and uh, uh, and, it, and it has made a, a huge difference I feel uh, as a safety uh, 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 manager out there technician out there I've, I feel it's made a huge difference I'll bet. I'm uh, sure it has now you know the, again the last year or so um, we've you know, we've struggled just like everybody else. Was I, just the other day, I, I read an article, uh, a recent article. I, I believe it's from the National Labor Board said that seventy percent of manufacturing firms right now are are experiencing over twenty percent turnover rate, and especially in states like ourselves that are at mm-hmm. will states, mm-hmm. at will work states.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. I that every client that I work with struggles to find not only help but good help mm-hmm. certainly you know, and I think, I think there is a certain belief that, you know, that whole grass is greener thing yeah. when, when that, when the uh, availability is so great and the demand, you know, the demand for good labor is so great. I think people oftentimes convince themselves that that, you know, that extra 25 cents an hour or whatever is going to make the difference. Right.
1: But, you know, uh, through my, my research, I've found, you know, in and article after article, it's, um, Wages really aren't the number one driving force in in changing positions. Uh, uh, People want to feel uh, like they're part of your company, part of Mm -hmm. your family. Um, And if you can't make them feel that way, then they're going to look elsewhere. They're Mm -hmm. going to move on. Um, Wages are actually uh, ranked in like number three for Mm -hmm. reasons for Mm -hmm. leaving your job. Yeah, Uh, I would believe that. Right now, it's not. uh, You know, unfortunately, it's not an employer's market. It's Mm -hmm. uh, uh, an employees' market right now. They, Mm -hmm. everybody knows, I can quit today and find a job tomorrow.
0: Well, yeah, but they can be an employee over there, but they can be a team member, right? And that's what we strive. And I think
1: that's what we strive to enforce.
0: Yeah, I personally think that makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the only reasons, well, I shouldn't, you know, one of the reasons I stayed with OSHA for so long, OSHA was a very interesting work environment. It was a challenging work environment, but you develop such a strong camaraderie with your coworkers. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's the misery loves company (laughs) phenomenon or whatever that is, but you you were very tight with these guys and that got you through a lot of the, and, and they were very, we didn't have necessarily formal buddies, but you were always training With a senior compliance person, and then you, so you developed a relationship with them. Obviously, you became close to them. You could ask them questions. They would, you know, give you feedback on how you were doing, and that was that was really important. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a very similar thing, probably. Yeah, I believe that one hundred percent.
1: That I I tell people all the time. You know, I've uh, you know my history. I've Mm -hmm. moved around to a lot of. I've lived in thirteen different states, and I've worked for thirty six different companies in my (laughs) life, and. And, and you're uh, a grown man. You're by the yes. way. I mean, which is not a yeah, a judgment, but no. And uh, uh, you know, but I, I was always searching for that company that I felt good about, mm-hmm. and and uh, I, I took a huge cut in pay to go to Conoco mm-hmm. when uh, I, I left Hormel. Uh, mm-hmm. I was a maintenance technician out there, and I went to Conoco a number of years ago. Uh, I tell people all the time the biggest reason that i stay at conoco is because of the guys that i work with and the way the company treats me Mm -hmm. Um, they treat me like i'm important Mm -hmm. Um, all all the way from the top to the bottom i mean uh, uh, nobody makes you feel like you're less important than them and that comes from our general manager all the way down Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, they're just a bunch of great guys and now even with aztec uh, the upper management, there, the same thing. They treat us like they—they uh, they let us know that we're important, mm-hmm. and I think that's more important than anything. Yeah, is just how you feel, uh, whether or not you're appreciated, and whether or not—and and it doesn't necessarily have to be monetary. Yeah, you know,
0: I would agree. It's yeah, that, a pat on the back saying, "Hey, you guys are doing a great job." That mm-hmm. goes a long ways. Or someone even taking the time to ask, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, how you're doing. As you said, when uh, Neil and and Gary, mm-hmm.
1: you Gary, know, come Gary to those
0: meetings. Yeah, Uh, and spend some time with these with the new team members. That that, you know, I've told this story repeatedly, but when I was working for the Department of Defense, I was providing some service to one of our clients, and the uh, the executive for that group was, I think, like the highest ranking federal employee in the state of Ohio. And uh, so far beyond me, there was not even a connection in our you know our scale, but. He knew my name, and he would call me by name. I'd see him in the hallway. He'd call me by name. You know, he, c- he couldn't have done anything different that would have made me feel more, you know, loyal, truthfully. I right. mean, it makes you, um, hey, I'm going to do my best for that guy.
1: Right, and that's, that's why, you know, um, uh, I've had a lot of safety managers, in different places that I've worked, that, uh, you know, they go in their office. You'd, you'd be lucky to see them once mm-hmm. a month or mm-hmm. once a maybe, – yeah. maybe at training, You you might see them every six months, Uh, but uh, we make it a point to get out on the floor, uh, say hi to guys. uh, Except for during the days I'm training, uh, Mm -hmm. I try to get out there. I try to go out and speak to all the new hires. You know, stop and and check on them, just see how they're doing. Mm -hmm. Ask ask them if they're still enjoying working there, and Mm -hmm. and tell them, hey, we're grateful for having you here. Stay and what, safe what about and
0: the more senior guys? Do you Even do that the with senior, them too?
1: yeah, yeah, the senior guys—they all uh, know. It. And that, and I think that's why a lot of the senior guys stay around as well, mm-hmm. uh, is because of the way we uh, we've all bonded together as a family, and we yeah. kind of, you know, we we do sincerely care about each other uh, and each other's welfare there, and uh, and it's evident uh, yeah. even from day one that uh, that they do care about you. Uh, you're not just a number there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you are a uh, uh, Aztec employee now mm-hmm, <laughs> but uh, you know we still tend to say you're a Conoco employee while we're right I and mean, to our guys while we're out
0: there right uh, but, what, uh, so do you guys do other things that you personally believe are you know h- how you develop that culture I mean there's obviously a concerted effort to drive the culture in the direction that you want it to go and this is an important part of that in the in the beginning this is how you're form forming that mm-hmm cultural perspective but what do you got are you doing other well, things culturally that
1: yeah it was uh, yeah, uh, aztec has a uh, uh, initiative this year uh, well they've had it for a long time but we we're working on a, an item called zero harm i mean mm-hmm. a lot of people in the business have heard that term and everybody wonders if, if, if it's actually attainable mm-hmm. uh, i personally believe that it is mm-hmm. you know it's kind of like i've told you in the past uh, uh, i used to be the guy that you know accidents happen there's nothing you can do about that right. they're, they're not preventable you're, you're, you're gonna you're, happen i'm looking at your crazy. score right now man yeah yeah you're crazy it's a you know it's an accident yeah uh, but i can tell you from experience and from uh in this position for the last five or six years that they're completely 100 percent of all of them are preventable and and uh, and uh, we get there through zero harm through uh, uh creating programs that uh uh you know it's a uh, you got to have a very strong safety. Safety has to be your number one goal, and, and safety is at at our company. Um, I've heard it everywhere I've ever gone. Mm-hmm. You know, you go in the first day, safety's number one, and then the next day you're out there uh, working on the you know a plant or something, and and they're there. So come on, we need this done right now, right, right now, right. Um, as yeah. I tell the guys here at uh, our facility, your leads are going to come up and say. Hey, you know, we need that as soon as we can get it done. That's mm-hmm. their job. Mm-hmm. Their job to drive you and keep moving and products. Get, yeah. Keep, keep yeah. you working, but at no time, uh, at the expense of your safety. And, mm-hmm. um, and that's our initiative is to get zero harm. We don't want anybody hurting. And I'm, I'm happy to say that, uh, uh, we've gone 400 and I believe 80 some days now without a lost time oh, that's incident. fantastic. Uh, and, uh, we, uh, uh, just recently had our first recordable for the year uh, so we're at uh you know we're very low with recordables so that's that's driven through aztec zero harm programs mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and uh yeah so how do you get the leads on board you know uh every, because they
0: i mean they have pressure from every direction
1: yeah. right everybody was uh uh in, in my opinion every it's like anywhere else uh New things get a lot of pushback. Mm -hmm. You know, you never want to change. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever (laughs) wants to change. And, of course, I heard, you know, uh, well, when am I supposed to get my production done? How do I get these guys to get their jobs done? We've got all these things we've got to do. Uh, Some of the things that we're doing for uh, Towards Zero Harm is like QJSAs, Quick Job Safety Mm -hmm. Analysis. They're required to be done every Monday by every employee. Uh, and uh, and if they change their work environment, if they go from one department to another department, they have to do another one. And uh, it literally takes five minutes. But when we first put that out and said, look, every Monday you got to do this, <laughs> every lead in the entire company was like, when am I supposed to get my production done? That's mm-hmm. good. Now we got guys you are going to take forever to That's do it. That's right. It's a five minute thing. You just
0: cut five minutes out of my yeah. week, but. Yeah, it's a five minute thing. End of the
1: world. And the, the good that it's done. Is as uh, way outweighs that five. What, what are they?
0: What are they? Are they?
1: Um, they identify, analyzing the work they're going to do that yes. week. Yeah, analyzing their, their work area, what hazards they're going to face that week, mm-hmm. uh, what hazard or or for that day. Mm-hmm. Sometimes guys move jobs. You know, a couple times mm-hmm. a day they might have to do a couple a day, uh, but uh, it's just analyzing the hazards that they might face. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even though they don't really. Uh, Sometimes feel like it does, because as they're filling them out, they're like, yeah, what good is this going to do? But in reality, it's kind of like I tell people all the time, you see a safety sign, you read it, you might not think anything about it, but it actually puts something in your Mm -hmm. mind. It it makes you start thinking about safety. And that QJSA every day makes them think about safety. That's Mm -hmm. why we do the safety toolbox talk every morning. That's why we stretch. Um, uh, That's why we spend our first 15 minutes of every day doing something that's safety related. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also in a uh, Neil uh, Smith, our GM, he uh, implemented a, a program called a safety pause that we take, we do after every break, the teams get together uh, in their, uh, by, around their KPI boards. And uh, every employee is also required to do two work observations a, a, a week, uh, fill out those mm-hmm. and a work observation can be safe or unsafe. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, we saw this team member, you know, uh, wearing all the proper PPE and right. listening to directions, and you know that's a good safe mm-hmm. safe one. There. So this
0: safety pause is just a quick they get together over, right
1: after they come off break. Right after they come off break, they spend uh, five minutes and they go over
0: one or two of those work observations. Uh-huh and this is just get them in. back focused again man yeah. you, who knows where your head goes when you're on break right.
1: and and what we what, what i know it does is uh subconsciously it puts them back in that safety mm-hmm. mode i mean mm-hmm. uh, you know I, I i don't have any hard evidence that the work observations qjsa the buddy program is what's driven our numbers our safety numbers uh you know our dart rates down mm-hmm. uh but it definitely, they've gone down for some reason. Mm-hmm. And those are basically really the biggest changes that we made. And we finally, after the leads, as you, as going back to what you just asked, after the leads realized um, that guys are being safer, they've all bought into this program now and all the way up to the form. And the, the, uh, our, our management team has been. Uh, really good. Uh, uh, they've done an excellent job at buying into this program mm-hmm. and, and enforcing this program. Um, so, so yeah, yeah. it's uh, it it didn't come without any pushback. Oh,
0: absolutely, man. And I think that's always a, you you touch on something. You know, when you're asking these leads to do more. Do one more task, fill out one more document, or something. <laughs> you always get that pushback, and and if you're asking them to do a bunch of crap, you, you probably deserve the pushback. <laughs> Hell, I but got if, pushback. Of, of course. <laughs> I mean, I I, I I get something from you know corporate safety
1: related. <laughs> and I'm like, come on, man how, how many how, do I how do many documents thing? can I yeah. fill out? Yeah. But
0: yeah. I, I, we we've I've talked about this with other folks in the past. You know, that mindset is so critical. I mean, we can walk through our plant and we can identify unsafe conditions, fix those yes. things. They recur because maybe we haven't addressed the underlying mindset. But everything that you're doing is intended to refocus your mindset. And even if it is subconscious, you yes. just get them back, you know, t- to the extent that you are able to refocus on working safely. And I think that you're going to reap the benefits of that. Obviously. Oh, yeah, uh,
1: we, we, we've seen it. Already and just the, uh, you know, Aztec uh, purchased our company back in July, uh, July 20th of last year. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, we've seen the benefits of the different programs that they've implemented. And again, when they first brought them to our attention and and, I mean, even myself, I was I was a skeptic about some of them. I was like, really? I mean, (laughs) in fact, every time they rolled one out, I was like, oh, man. I'm going to hear this from. from yeah. Oh uh, yeah, the guys are going to love yeah. this. Yeah, they're not going to enjoy me tomorrow, you know. Right. But, uh, uh, but yeah, it, you know, we've we've gone ahead and, and done what we've been asked, and, mm-hmm. and we've seen some benefit from mm-hmm. it. Uh, some great benefit, I think. I mean,
0: but as, as you way. mentioned, Aztec has walked the talk of, as you mm-hmm. said. I mean, if the managers are just shoving stuff down your throat for the sake of doing those things, you know that. Yeah. But if they're really behind it you know yeah, that they too? are
1: well and and you know even all the way up to uh, the ceo of the company barry uh ruffalo he he starts every single meeting uh, neil smith our jam starts every one of his meetings there's always a safety uh, a mm-hmm. safety uh, issue that's uh, starts every yeah. single meeting that our company has yeah. so uh, so they've proven that hey yeah. you know we really do want these programs to work and keep people safe. That's
0: well, and, and obviously they are the ones who are, are knowledgeable of the effect that's having. If you're not having lost time injuries, there is an impact on the bottom line, obviously. Right. And so they see that. Yeah. And so,
1: you know, even, and the fewer lost time injuries, fewer injuries that you have. And when you can show that to a new team member that comes mm-hmm. on board that look, uh, we do walk the walk, you know, and, 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 uh, uh, that goes a long ways to wanting to work someplace. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, a, if an individual feels safe, it feels like, I mean, and you've seen our facility and you've seen what we build. Uh, you know, there's a lot of hazards.
0: Mm-hmm. There, that, could that, that yeah, I mean, there could be. Yeah, I mean, there could be There could be bad outcomes. Yes. You're working with a lot of big, yeah, heavy, heavy, heavy materials. Heavy and, yeah. And, uh,
1: but uh, when they know that we take every precaution mm-hmm. possibly for their safety, uh, it it that goes a long ways to retaining people as well. Yeah. I, I, I think that makes a huge difference. I too. think safety is huge in retention. In retention, yeah, yeah I would agree
0: um, yeah. more so than money.
1: Yeah, uh-huh. I really do believe that money's not the driving force behind yeah. retention.
0: Yeah. Well, it's certainly not the driving force behind being a consultant. <laughs> no. I can tell you that. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we all want more money. Sure. sure. Yeah. My sure. wife is kind of. Yes. Yeah, so of course. You know, it would be nice yeah. to, but you know, there is a as you there is a certain satisfaction that comes from doing this work you know the safety work you know knowing that maybe you're contributing something valuable to help these guys get home at the end of the day as we you know you know we we have a uh, a safety group meeting uh, weekly uh, Mm -hmm. with
1: our group IPS group uh, with all the safety managers from other facilities and and uh, it's always I'm always amazed because um, you meet the safety guys they're very passionate Mm -hmm. about safety Mm -hmm. even though some of our co-workers that work for us stuff like that uh don't see safety the same way we do sure um uh, guys that are involved in this field osha as well yeah uh, they're very very passionate about what we do yeah um i don't want to in fact if somebody gets hurt like, like i mentioned we had one rec- uh, recordable and um uh, luckily it was only uh, light duty for a week or so good uh but uh I, I hurt when that person hurts, too. Absolutely. And uh, and every safety manager that I know within our corporation does as well. And mm-hmm. and not just us. It goes all the way up to our general managers, our plant managers. Oh, yeah. Everybody feels really, really bad. You take it very personal. Yes, everybody takes it extremely personal mm-hmm. uh, at our company.
0: Well, that's the whole Paul O'Neill thing, you know, the Alcoa, the former CEO of Alcoa that yep. I – that I've kind of, you know, followed. I mean, mm-hmm. and he's no longer, I think he actually passed away recently if I'm not mistaken, but yeah. you know, it's that same thing. The CEO of this multi, you know, this international corporation who was actually feeling, you know, like you just described the pain of every employee yeah. that is, you know, that has a bad outcome at, in yeah. that corporation. It's just, um, yeah. And it's, uh, it's really nice, you know, that, uh, he, all the way
1: up to, like I said, our GM, Neil Smith, he walks the floor, uh, usually on a daily basis, out on the shop floor, talks to employees. Uh, and they they he, he's told me in the past, you know, Gary, I lose sleep sometimes when we're doing a big project or, or getting bad. ready to make a big move and, and stuff like that. Uh, and, and those things just go a long ways in, in uh, mm-hmm. making you feel like you're part of a family, part of a team. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and that's why you want to stay there. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what makes employees want to stay at your company.
0: Yeah. I couldn't so, agree more, man. So, that's yeah, fan- so. That's a fantastic story. Um, do you mind if I shift gears just a sure, little bit, man? Well, first of all, um, you mentioned something a few minutes ago about shutting off the cylinders on a, on an acetylene kit correctly. Uh, yeah. I mean, you are, an ex- we use
1: propylene, but you, you are an stuff.
0: experienced fabricator, right? Can you talk a little bit about welding safety? Some of the things that you have seen and corrected over well, the years, because this is something the almost every, certainly every metal fabrication outfit is uh, ex- exposed to these kind of well, things. You, what, what kind of things just yeah. come to mind?
1: As you know, I I, I started welding in 1974, um, and you know OSHA was pretty new back then, brand you know, new, four four years old, brand or so. new, yeah. Um, and so there wasn't a whole lot of emphasis on safety and. The welding uh, mm-hmm. industry. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, at sixteen years old, I worked for a company called Bowman's Welding, and and I came to work one day after school, and uh, my welding hood had been uh, cracked by a forklift. They drove over it, and <laughs> bro- broke my welding hood. And uh, one of the old guys there, he's about fifty years old. He's like, "Oh, just go get that cutting goggle over there and put your welding lens in there," because you know we had the square square lenses in our cutting goggles. And of course, sixteen years old, I'm like, "Oh, okay." Cool. you know, that was my advice from a 50-year-old guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we were actually, my family was going to Disneyland the following week. Uh, and uh, so I went over and I welded for about three hours uh, with goggles on, uh, arc welded. And uh, needless to say, I burnt my face, <laughs> right. actually. And no had doubt. blisters on my face. In fact, my lips were so blistered that I had to go to the doctor and they had to actually, I could only eat for about a week and a half with a straw or drink Jeez, with a straw. Man. And it was all, because, and this guy laughed. He thought it was hilarious. Hilarious
0: that that, that uh, UV radiation had yes, just peeled that, your face off. Yeah, that I'd done that. Um,
1: and and you know, so uh, you know, safety. Uh, I've seen a lot of changes in safety in the welding industry over the years. You know, first of all, guys don't usually do that anymore. And I was guilty for some of those things too in the past sure. uh, as a younger guy. Um, but things have gotten better and better. And and uh, uh, for instance, um, uh, we now. Uh, through Aztec, uh, we just uh, bought uh, thirty-two uh, Papper units. Uh, where for our guys when they go in confined space, not only mm-hmm. do we you you've, you saw our mm-hmm. confined space uh, operation right. in the past where the guys go in and weld, we have an exhaust um, mm-hmm. uh, fan that pulls uh, yep. uh, air out of the confined space, and then we always put a fan in front and and you've actually put monitors on mm-hmm. some of we our guys. We monitor in those guys. Space. Yep. Yep. Um, And now we still do that, but now the guy also has to wear a PAPR unit, Mm -hmm. and it's mandatory to go in there and uh, weld with that PAPR unit. Mm -hmm. Phenomenal. Um, I wish we would have had PAPR units years and years ago. Uh, uh, I mean, we probably did, but very few companies ever used them. Um, And just
0: for for everybody who doesn't know that a powered air purifying respirator, which is basically uh it's uh, got an air pump it's got on a it fan it that's blowing air into the head yeah. into the face piece, yeah it's got
1: a filter piece. and uh battery operated mm-hmm. fan and that yep. filters all the air out and then it blows it over your face right and, really uh, comfortable yeah super comfortable and and uh uh even you know hot days and mm-hmm. you're inside oh, yeah. looking fine space it actually does feel it's a little com- bit yeah, better it's nice i had so much pushback from guys that originally when we first brought them in they were like well you know not going to like this and right. and now I've had guys come to me and say hey I've never slept better in my life um cuz you're not breathing all that mm-hmm. um we we had a guy wear one it is one. almost
0: like a CPAP to some extent. <laughs> it,
1: it, it, <laughs> kind of is, but you know it's it's got a loose fitting mask on yeah. in it and stuff yeah. so it's not like you still have to be uh fit uh, not fit tested but you got to get a PFT done before yeah. you can operate it or use it but uh uh it's uh, done a lot for safety yeah. in 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 welding and uh, one of the things that really shocked us is, uh, you know, we've always thought, wow, we have a, a great confined space program with these extractors, and, mm-hmm. and we make them put an extractor on their gun, their MIG gun as mm-hmm. well, and and they've got fans blowing in fresh air and, and uh, stuff like that, and we thought we were just doing a fantastic job all these years, and we had a guy use uh, the PAPR unit for the first time in, in a silo, and uh, after 10 days of welding in the silo, he... Uh, uh, had to change out the uh the filter and uh in the in the uh, air unit and uh they took it up to neil Smith our general manager, and he was just uh we were all sickened by what we saw in that filter it's just uh uh and we thought all these years we've been doing a great thing mm-hmm. and uh and just the stuff that it still filtered out mm-hmm. was amazing to yeah, us yeah it uh, is that filter was just it's disgusting to even look at yeah so it's things like that that have uh, have gone a long way in the welding industry yeah. uh, to help there's also you know you don't even, don't even have to go to uh, uh the air supplied uh, respirators as well you can get regular face mm-hmm. respirators that are, are that'll uh, eliminate 99.9 percent of those yeah. uh, uh toxins we've, we've all become pretty familiar with those yeah. over yeah. the and, last year and a half and they two. work underneath your regular they do they fit well under like the, that yeah so so yeah, I um, that's one of the the best
0: safety measures mm-hmm. I've seen in the welding. Well, you've industry talked about some years. of the like even the types of welding that you're doing that reduce the amount of right. smoke or the amount of spatter or whatever. Pulse pulse mig,
1: that's what it was designed to do, and it's basically a cross between spray welding and regular mig welding. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but, uh, it eliminates, if you, if you set your machine the way it's supposed to be set, it eliminates a lot of smoke, a lot of spit, very, very little cleanup. In fact, it eliminates smoke almost completely. Uh, if there yeah, I've smoke, been impressed by it. Yeah, we've smoke, always had low levels. From, yeah. If it is f- smoke, it comes from, uh, you know, what you're welding on may have mm, some contaminants some treatment or something like on there. That, yeah.
0: You know? Yeah, so,
1: exactly. But, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a, a very good product. I, I, I. Uh, tell everybody I talk to that, you know, if they're not using that, pr- that process, they should look it. They need to look it. at it. Yeah, because it's uh, it'll definitely help them out uh, with their and air quality. And you said you're not using acetylene? No, we use propylene. And, and um, why do you use propylene? It's just a more stable gas. Okay. That's all. We've always used propylene. Well, not always, but we've used it for a long, mm-hmm. long yeah, time. Yeah, acetylene is really a unstable. Acetylene is extremely unstable. Mm-hmm. At 15 pounds per square inch, it's uh, mm-hmm. explosive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we used to show people in class that we take a little six inch balloon and fill it up with acetylene and, and then, uh, pop it. And it's, it's, uh, mm-hmm. the concussion off of that little six inch balloon was, mm-hmm. was pretty great. Yeah. And that's so, interesting. I don't think yeah. most people know that either. Yeah. No, acetylene is very unstable. That's why they fill it. Uh, the cylinder, if you actually cut into a acetylene cylinder, it's filled with like a charcoal like like uh material. Mm-hmm. And uh, because you can't just pump a bunch of acetylene gas into an, Open cylinder, right? Uh,
0: and you can't run it beyond what 15 psi, yeah, 15 the flow PSI, rate or something.
1: 15 psi maximum, but most time you run it around four or five. Okay, you know uh, psi. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and yeah. you talked about
0: closing the cylinders. Talk yeah, about that you, a little bit. You,
1: you should always uh, <laughs> never leave the cylinders on uh, when, after you've used it. You mm-hmm. know, after you use it, you're supposed to. And OSHA actually has some. They do rules about it that I didn't even know about until we actually had an OSHA inspector uh, inspector mm-hmm. out there. But uh, uh, but yeah, you're supposed to shut the valves off and and then back off the diaphragms and the uh, regulators. Um, but in reality, according to OSHA, if you're not going to use it in 24 hours, you're supposed to remove the, re- re- the yeah, regulator. Yeah, you're supposed to break the kit and separate down. the bottles yeah. at least 25 feet apart. Yeah. I mean. uh, now that doesn't happen in most facilities.
0: It doesn't, and and you know, to be honest, I never really. If they were being used regular, if they didn't have cobwebs all over them yeah, and dust, yeah. if they were being at least used regularly, I yeah. didn't ever really take and exception to and that. And that's the way most, uh,
1: I actually called uh, after the OSHA inspector had told us that, I actually called OSHA up in D.C. because I said, wait a minute, I've never heard of this before. I've been in the welding industry for 40-some years now, and I've yeah. never, ever in my life taken and separated bottles or taken them At the end, end of the day, break down. And especially because they're brass. Brass mm-hmm. wears out, and it wears out really easy. It's a soft metal, mm-hmm. so you you know, take that regulator off and on a number of times, you're, you're going to be buying a new regulator. Mm-hmm. So, But uh, we do at least want guys to shut the bottles off, back the valves off, and mm-hmm. bleed the lines so that yeah. there's no residual pressure yeah. in those lines. Or yeah. anything.
0: And that's yeah. that's not too much to ask, is no. it?
1: No. And no. most guys, 99% of the time it's done.
0: Mm-hmm. We, we do find those once in a while that aren't. Yeah. I still see them on occasion, but not done very much anymore.
1: Yeah. But mo- most guys, it, it's one of the basics that you learn in weld school. So yeah.
0: <laughs> I hope guys retain that at least uh, some of the things. that do, do they? You guys get guys from coming out of like some kind of a yeah, community uh, college program or a welding trade yeah, program? Yeah,
1: a lot of guys come from Metro and mm-hmm. and uh, Iowa uh, Western and mm-hmm. and those programs. Uh, we actually have our uh, own welding program that we send some of our if, if they show promise we'll, we'll put a guy into our own weld school right there at the facility oh and, nice and teach them to weld the way we want them to right now mm-hmm. we've got it shut down because we're doing a little bit of remodeling but uh, uh one of these days we might uh start it back up um but yeah weld school's a little bit different than it was when i started uh, <laughs> i'll bet it know, was when yeah i, I started uh, you started running puddles with a, a gas torch and then, uh, uh, once you could run a puddle, then you got to add some rod to that puddle. And then after you got to do that, and then you got to weld some joints together mm-hmm. and then you'd move into different positions and then you'd go through all, you you could not graduate from weld school until you went through all welding processes other than TIG. TIG mm-hmm. was kind of like, uh, when, when I started, it was a new process, not super new, but it was, there were very few TIG welders, mm-hmm. uh, arc welders mm-hmm. in, in the, in the country and, and uh, if you'd get through school fast enough, they'd let you take TIG you know, classes. And I was lucky enough to do that and, and take TIG. And that's one of the primary uh, welding uh, genres that I worked in uh, for a number of years. Um, and uh, uh, But, yeah, you had to complete all welding mm-hmm. uh, genres you had to do arc and mig and and all different metals and mm-hmm. and so you uh, don't
0: they don't have to make you do that anymore
1: no now it's more typically uh yeah typically now it's more uh, uh i mean a lot of guys still start off with running puddles you, you know, know you want to you want to kind of know what the metal is going to do but uh uh they uh uh if a guy wants to be a mig welder you can go take mig welding mm-hmm. you know you yeah. a lot of
0: a lot of guys that and that's work what on the, the majority of the guys are going to be doing anyway. Isn't in it? this part of the country typically. yeah
1: this part of the country, MIG welding, uh, Pulse MIG. Do people a, still do a stick welding? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And 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 again, like I explained to a lot of uh, our new hires, uh, the uh, stick welding, it, it depends on what part of the country you're in. Uh, there's uh, uh, processes that are more... Uh, uh, predominant in some other parts of the country than others like you go to the west coast you go down to texas there's a lot of tig welding and still a lot of stick and a lot of flux core mm-hmm. uh, here in uh, nebraska the midwest uh, not just nebraska alone but a lot of mig uh, still mm-hmm. there's still quite a bit of stick around but and, w- and we do stick once in a while um, uh, we don't use it very often but we do use it um, and uh, but mostly and we do a little bit of mig aluminum uh, out mm-hmm, of our facility mm-hmm. uh, not much though is
0: it is stick welding dirtier typically uh
1: well that- yes yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely got more smoke and, more smoke but there's a lot more cleanup uh, that's mm-hmm. a, a big reason why companies move away from stick is because you got to chip the flux off and you mm-hmm. got to buff them off and so yeah. there there is no stick weld that's going to be super clean after you're finished you got to clean it up afterwards Mm -hmm. so so it adds another process to it but uh i'm kind of old school i I like stick welding Mm -hmm. um i i I, to be real honest i'm not a huge mig welding fan uh i do have a mig welder at home but but i'm not (laughs) a it's not my favorite type of welding to do i prefer tig welding but yeah and and then i'm like i said i'm old school i like stick welding yeah uh, we just we just don't do much of it
0: you know the hair on my arms is actually just coming back from my junior high school welding <laughs> class that yeah. I took, and uh, with a torch, we were, we were working with acetylene torches, and I somehow when I started it up, it just flashed over and blew all the hair, mm-hmm. all the hair off my face and arms, and uh, which is <laughs> Gen- why I'm a safety guy now. You know I actually can't do anything over here. Be- you know, I, I said that to somebody
1: the other day. I said uh, most safety guys that I know, most OSHA guys I know, <laughs> right. including myself. We went through a pretty drastic uh, injury. Well, <laughs> I, fortunately, our, I survived yeah, that, and I know you've been it. through a serious yes, injury. Yes. We we all survived them.
0: Yes, but, uh, um, I became but a safety guy purely because I have no other skills. <laughs> you know, I couldn't weld, I couldn't fabricate, I couldn't build, I can't plan, or any of those things. So, like I said, I wasn't uh, always the safest guy in the room.
1: I, yeah. I, uh it, it took you know, 24, 25 years ago when this happened to me, it uh that's what changed my mind about yeah. safety and said, Hey, you know, that's a, uh, uh, it was a wake up call when you, when you yeah. lose almost everything, uh, because of a, a of a mistake that you make, mm-hmm. um, and a choice that you make it, uh, it really changes your mind about safety and what you, uh, and, and, you know, I had a family and stuff like that mm-hmm. too. You got to take, take those things into consideration. You do. And, uh, before this happened, I, I was just, uh, you know, I, I like I said, I, I've worked red iron. I've been up uh, 30 stories in the, in the air and without a harness on and running across the 12-inch beams and, and stuff like that when I was a young guy and uh, not very safe, Jesus but, uh, you know. You thought you were invincible back in those days. Yeah.
0: You didn't know, you
1: realize you're not.
0: That, that's such a great point, man. We're going to have to, we're running up on sure. our time. We're going to have, I hope we can do this again sometime. Sure. sure. If either Greg is going to say, yes, absolutely, <laughs> it again, or absolutely not, we're never doing that again. We'll see we'll what his comment he is. It. We'll wait and hear what he has to say about it. But I, I would love to go back through your story. You know, that's so interesting. and And your comment about, so often this is just the choices that we make. Mm-hmm. You know, if we as employers or safety consultants or safety technicians, whatever, if we can provide the information that employees need or team members need to make good decisions and then put them in an environment where they feel comfortable making those decisions, yeah. the rest should take care of itself. But. And, and, and our motto, uh, one, of,
1: one of the things we, our team members here over and over and over is stop, think, plan. Mm-hmm. We... We STP everything uh, before you do anything. And, and most of the time, it's just a few seconds of your time. Yeah. Um, uh, if you, and, and I've been able to prove to every person that's ever had an injury at our facility that they didn't STP. They didn't stop, think, plan. Yeah. Had they stopped, thought about what they were getting ready to do and had a good plan, they would not have gotten injured or injured anybody else or done any property damage. And yeah. it's a fact. It, it really is. It's a decision that we make. Uh, You don't stop, think, plan, you've made that decision to go on and possibly uh, hurt yourself or somebody else.
0: Write that down, Cam. That applies to you too, man. Seriously. Gary, this has been a pleasure. I've been looking forward to this for a year, and (laughs) I I thoroughly enjoyed it. This is such important information. I think everyone is struggling with retention issues, and what you've described is just a a really approach to driving a culture. People ask all the time, how do I improve my culture? Well, man, you guys have have found at least one way that you can – well, you definitely Help drive that culture.
1: Definitely have to be creative now, and in, and in, in, in today's market, especially. Yeah. Like I said, uh, I we we know it's not an employer's market right now. The Employees can and and being in a right to or will to work state, you know, mm-hmm. employees can jump ship uh, yeah. quickly. You know, mm-hmm. after one day, they can get an offer somewhere else and and jump ship. Yeah. So it's really hard for all of us. But uh, but I I just feel that. Um, you got to make a guy feel like he's part of your family. but And we're a large company, but, uh, you know, we uh, have a small company feel when you come to work for us. Mm-hmm. We're, uh, uh, we want you to be part of our team, part of our family. Uh, we all take each other's uh, safety. Uh, you know, everybody from the top management down has to look out for not only their own safety, but everybody's safety. Yeah. Every team member has to watch for
0: each other. I think so, that's it, man. Yeah. And that's the environment that I think most of us want to work yeah. in. All of us want to work I in. I do absolutely me oh, yeah. too so, yeah. all right thanks gary thanks man have a good weekend buddy yeah, i appreciate you too, it buddy thanks everybody I, for listening and i gotta uh, go to work yeah we gotta get to well, yeah you gotta get back <laughs> to work i've got a well i've got stuff to do <laughs> yeah. thanks cam thanks. have a good weekend later
1: a Huda media production